With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. It's Monday, and I'm coming to you live from Mexico, somewhere in narco territory. We got first-time guests coming up the next two hours. Jason from the innercarnivore.com. Something a bit different to talk about health and meat, um, you know, exercise, staying healthy, that sort of stuff. Uh, and Layton Radner, second hour of Outlawed Thoughts. Uh, he's out in Alaska. He's a libertarian, so we'll be talking, getting his thoughts on what, what's happening in Alaska uh, and his, his pulse on the state of America, the world, and the universe. Uh, what do we have happening around the globe? The environmental services industry witnessed an unprecedented surge in HTTP-based distributed denial-of-service attacks, DDoS attacks, accounting for half of all its HTTP, tra HTTP traffic. It says this marks a 61,839% increase in DDoS attack traffic year over year. Cyber Polygon, uh, anyone? Uh, also, we've got uh, this report of, of global boiling. Global boiling. Uh, Arctic blast continues to sweep entire U.S. setting record low temperatures. Dangerous freezing air from the Arctic continued sweeping across the U.S. today, prolonging a bitter cold blast that has set record low temperatures and disrupted daily life across a broad swath of America, including an NFL playoff game and the presidential nominating contest in Iowa. Global boiling. There, there's your global boiling. It's nice uh, out here in Mexico. I can walk around in my shorts and T-shirt all year. It's uh, <laughs> as, as uh, Borat would say. It's nice. Uh, what else we got going on? Just a lot of algorithm news, uh, algorithm ghetto news. I haven't checked biometric update in a while, and today it was like, whoa. Uh, but before getting to that, there was this scoop posted by Seth Weathers. Uh, was it today? Yes. Georgia United Credit Union updated their user agreement. They now monitor your accounts and block any purchase of guns or ammo. You can't buy a gun with your own bank account if you bank with Georgia United Credit Union. Uh, and then again, they can use that for anything that they want you to buy in the future. Meats, a car, a plane ticket. Um, and I think the issue is here, Mer Dr. Mercola has mentioned this when he got banned from him and his whole, the people working in his business and their children got banned from Chase Bank last year. That what's happening is the banks are plugging into the algorithm ghetto system that, that's, that consists of, you know, systems from the Department of Homeland Security, CISA, probably NATO information operations stuff, Silicon Valley stuff. And so I think you're seeing one by one, you know, it's Chase and then Georgia United Credit Union. They're plugging into this system so that they can then be able to debank you. Fun times to be, it's a good time to be alive. Also, the Irish government wants to pass a law that could see you or your loved ones jailed for possession of memes cartoons or any content that could be deemed hateful the bill includes no definition of hate and is wide open to abuse by bad actors in the government defend free speech say no to this legislation this is coming from free speech ireland .ie. this is what freedom liberty um egalite looks like in the western 
Western world. Absolute insanity. What a Monday it is today. Uh, let's look at the rest of the world. Sierra Leone urges citizens to obtain biometric ID cards. Of course, it's for your security and for services. So the National Civil Registration Authority of Sierra Leone is calling on citizens and residents in the country to acquire biometric national ID cards. And you might think, well, it's Sierra Leone. Um, who cares, right? Well, no, this is a, it's a global trend. So it's, it's, you can track it happening everywhere now. And soon they're not going to be um, voluntary. Let's hop to Ethiopia. Ethiopia to make digital ID compulsory for access to government services. In the near future, all Ethiopians seeking government services will have to present a digital ID. The executive director of the Ethiopia National ID Program said. So there you go. Participation in the algorithm ghetto will be mandatory. Uh, there you go. That's, that's uh, I mean, absolutely crazy. Another uh, digital ID news that was crazy. Let's see. Um, you've got the LAPD now. The Los Angeles Police Department is developing a new surveillance center that will give police centralized access to live security feeds from cameras in public and private spaces. I take that means including people who have Amazon rings uh, on their front uh, door. So they'll be able to see like everything in LA. And again, this is happening in countries all across the world. This is happening here where I am in Guadalajara, Mexico. They call it C5. It's the same premise. They're, they've got places here in the city where the cops go in these rooms and they've got these big monitors and they're looking through all the cameras at us. Uh, in India, they have been enrolling people without their consent into the digital ID. So they have uh, at airports just uh, you know saying, oh, we're going to scan your face. And then the little fine print, it says, by doing that, you've given your consent to now uh, being included in this biometric digital uh, system. So they are desperate to get us into the algorithm. Ghetto reports uh, in China about DNA collection for minority groups, for biometrics research um you've got u.s biotech companies involved as well thermo fisher so again th for me this is like the heart of what's really important of what's going on the rollout of this global dystopian technocratic biosecurity states uh, and and on many countries now are tightening the screws on biometric sim registration um kenya namibia pakistan russia so you need to register your sim and if you don't you don't have service they want to know each number, each SIM, who's using it, your name, address. They tried that in Mexico for a while. It failed about 10 years ago. So currently in Mexico, you can just buy a SIM. You don't have to say, you know, anyways, they can through the metadata, figure out who you are, but that takes extra work. And WorldCoin reaches half a million Argentinians with digital ID verified at an orb. Look to your orb for the warning as Dave Windorf of Monster Magnet would say uh all right there are many ways to listen to us here on tnt you can stream direct from the website tntradio.live whether it's your desktop laptop tablet cell phone uh or you can download the tnt app from the app stores uh, google or apple and we're live on pentagon tube i mean youtube uh twitter x rumble and odyssey all your bases belong to us we've got you covered on tnt Getting straight to the facts. Enough with the lies. We need facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
right? Thousands of farmers, truckers, tradesmen, and other hardworking German citizens have descended on the capital of Berlin to paralyze the city, with many vowing not to leave until the left-green government steps down. Here with the story, joining me now, TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Hervori. Um, the show of force in Berlin caps a week of high-profile strikes by German farmers who have blocked roads nationwide, including several border crossings, uh, in a show of contempt for unpopular government policies. Striking farmers have dumped hay and manure, that's right, onto highways and roads, paralyzing traffic in many parts of the country, and now this the capital city experienced significant disruptions due to the protests which saw around 10,000 farmers gathering and bringing traffic to a near halt the farmers who drove trucks and tractors assembled on one of berlin's central avenues expressing their discontent with tax policies that have sparked widespread anti government sentiment the catalyst for the protests was the government's decision to eliminate a tax break on agricultural diesel part of efforts to balance the 2024 budget following a court ruling mandating spending plan revisions in response to the backlash the government has proposed maintaining tax rebates rebates on new agricultural vehicles and gradually phasing out the diesel subsidy. However, farmers backed by opposition conservatives and far-right groups demand more concessions. The government, aware of the increasing radicalization of political discourse and potential for violent demonstrations, has adopted a conciliatory approach. Uh, leaders of the protest are scheduled to meet with coalition leaders later in the day. Um, a massive gathering apparently also took place in front of the Brandenburg Gate, not far from the Reichstag, Germany's parliament building. Drone footage that was posted on social media showed a large crowd occupying the square in front of the gate, many waving German flags. The rally, rally was attended by the head of the German Farmers Association, Joachim Ruckweed, who said that the industry is all is the industry is ready to talk with the government, but would not accept its current terms, which he described as "quote unquote" not fair. Ruckweed said farmers won't accept planned changes and called on the government to abandon the idea of scrapping tax breaks. He adds, "quote." Enough is enough, too much is too much, end quote. Also in attendance at the rally was Finance Minister Christian Lindner, very well received, just kidding, who maintained that the government could not take on any more debt and needed to respond to developments in the ongoing conflict between Kiev and Moscow, including by investing more in defense. He also promised that diesel subsidies would not be cut in one go, but would be gradually phased out. Lindler, Linder was loudly booed and insulted by the protesters, um, and apparently the talks between coalition representatives and Farmers Association leaders, according to RT, ended without breakthroughs. Wow. So, <laughs> Ravori, what do you think about this? Have you seen the videos? It's pretty wild, actually. It was, it was intense. Yeah, I, I have seen over the past uh, maybe week or, or so these 
just briefly the reports and, and video clips i haven't really shared them because um again it goes back to like the thing with the epstein stuff it's like nothing really happened and so you know it's great seeing all these protests they are needed i think they do have an impact like when it, whether it was in the netherlands or here in germany now or the french farmers they, they are necessary necessary but i'm kind of again still cyanide pilled no, nothing much ever changes i feel like the political elites in these countries are like oh okay these people are protesting um okay whatever we're just going to continue with our <laughs> davos plan um and and you know it says in one of these reports the population must understand that far more food will have to be imported if subsidies are eliminated uh, and this is the great reset neo-feudal project basically to bring europe back a thousand years to the middle middle ages and you know we have to be kicking back of, of course um but uh I don't know what's it gonna take for these elites for us to get them to budge because they just they, they they're attending Davos as we speak uh and I don't know you know I I did have Rene de Vries for example a couple of weeks uh, on he's um candidate for the People's Party of Canada he's also Dutch you know he was more optimistic that the things that are going on with the all these former protests all over Europe that they are a turning of the tide maybe they are maybe maybe uh, I can stop being cyanide pilled but um I don't know ruckus it's it's a tough situation what, what do you think well it just occurred to me I'm not putting any ideas in anybody's heads and I might disappear tomorrow for saying this but um you, you see these massive protests now occasionally uh, against certain uh, things like groups or a government. In this case, we're seeing the farmers protesting against their government in Germany right now. Like we're seeing protests around the world against certain governments for their reaction to certain conflicts in the Middle East, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, we've seen in the past massive protests, believe it or not, against government overreach. Uh, during lockdown stuff. We've also seen massive protests during BLM stuff out here over like police violence and all of this stuff. Why don't we take all of those numbers and those types of protests and direct it at Davos? Because I think that that's where the ultimate protest should be happening if we ever hope for there to be real change, Herbore. They, they would make that difficult. Look, I remember, I think it was 2000, it was 2008 or nine. And I was in Geneva as a grad student and NATO was having a meeting in Germany, you know, just, just across the, across the pond, just across the way, uh, in Baden, Germany, I think. And there was going to be a big anti-NATO protest. And I was, a bunch of us were planning to go, you know, hop on a train from Switzerland to Germany, rent a car, borrow someone's car, whatever. And guess what they did? They locked down the town, nobody in or out. So I'm sure they would do something like that for for Davos. Um, and uh, just to your previous point, you know, I've talked to European intellectuals like Terry Mason of Volter Network and Guy Matan of uh, Switzerland years ago, and and they said, you know, one of the consequences of the Ukraine war would precisely be this: no, we got money to blow stuff up in Ukraine, but we don't have money for for food for you Germans. So you guys are going to have to learn to live like your forefathers did during the uh, all of the world wars. So absolute insanity. Again, the elites, it's the aristocracy. They get um, they get to live the, the life and the rest of us serfs and plebs will be freezing. Any final thought, Ruckus? 
We'll be freezing and eating bugs, of course. <laughs> Sounds like fun. All right, catch up with you in a bit. Uh, we're going to be talking about food, uh, funnily enough, next hour with our guest uh, from the inner carnivore.com. He's got a podcast. He's got a book. Uh, Jason, he's a fitness trainer. If you got any questions when it comes to meat health or um, staying healthy, uh, send them in through my email chat or call in. We'll be right back. Rick Munn on TNT Radio. There was a, a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, web spokespeople, the World Economic Forum spokesperson. And one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said, you know, um, there has been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative and she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called missing disinformation. She said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around. So that's not really taking off the way they want to either. And then she said something very interesting. She said, you know what? When the water crisis comes, people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water. And if you don't have water for a few days at a time, you'll know all about it. So maybe, you know, we're hypothesizing a little bit about what's what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a World Economic Forum type narrative. Could this be what it is? Locked and loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours, where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk We don't rock, rock. we talk. talk. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Joining us for the first time on the Rebel Transmission is Jason, fitness trainer, host of the Inner Carnivore podcast, author of the Carnivorous Cookbook, uh, the website, theinnercarnivore.com. You can find him on Twitter, X at carnivore underscore JT. Welcome to TNT, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Love your shirt, only meats. Uh, and so, uh, you know, today we're we're, we're going to switch things up a, a bit. Uh, you know, we talk about politics, economy, spiritual stuff, and uh, we got to get back to health. And I, I found you somewhere on the internet. I was I was looking at this sort of stuff, and I love meat uh, as well. <laughs> and and uh, before digging into some of these topics, if you just want to tell us a bit about um, the work that you do and, and your uh, philosophy when it comes to meat. Yeah, so uh, I have a long history in uh, um, nutrition, sports, training, athletics. Uh, I kind of found this uh, this diet, this way of eating, like most people do, and they're they're kind of at their uh, their wits' end, and you know they're looking for something to feel better. That's typically what ninety nine percent of people how they end up with this, because on the surface it seems extreme. Um, you know, most people are like, "Wait, you eat like predominantly only meat?" And I'm like. Yeah, pretty much. So I, I found it. Um, it started working for me. I, I eased into it big time. Um, you know, I wasn't super strict at first, but then once I started getting stricter, I started seeing some results. Um, got into the the community, into the space a little bit, and the more I did it, the more you know 
success stories I heard and that just blew my mind and that kind of just fueled to to where I am today. Yeah, I mean, this is a fascinating um, discussion, and you know, it's it's tough sometimes. You have friends that are vegans or or, or vegetarians, and uh, I like to sort of uh, uh, split my time between uh, veggies and meat. Some days more or less, but uh, you know, I, it really tastes good meat. Um, and and what are some of the benefit? Like, are there any? Is there any meat that's off limit, or is is it pretty much anything as long as it's good and clean? uh sourced and then what are some of the benefits when it comes to focusing a lot on meat yeah so so ruminants are going to be your your main source um so those are your red meats uh beef is going to be your most popular um the main thing with ruminants so ruminants are also uh lamb goat deer elk bison uh the big thing with them is the, because of the way the, the ruminants because the way their digestive and their stomachs are set up um, they're able to filter the food that they eat a lot more than, say, a chicken or a pig. Um, now, other meats are not off limits, but generally speaking, you're going to find less of the feed in ruminants than you would in a chicken or pig. So now, if I'm eating chicken or pig, I now have to be more conscious of the diet that they're fed, um, which can be tough because in the United States, it is legal, L-E-G-A-L, legal for pigs to be fed garbage as long as that garbage is heated up to a certain temperature. So that has a tendency to find its way into the meat more so than a ruminant. Um, so no, other meats are not off limits, but typically you try and focus on the red meat. Um, you're going to get a better fatty acid profile, um, more fat in it, which is important um, as you go super low carb. And the, the benefits are it's at its core, it's a, an elimination diet. Um, with modern technology, with modern farming practices, um, the rise of ultra processed foods, what you find is you end up with a lot of crap for lack of a better term in your food, uh, which leads to a lot of inflammatory processes, metabolic issues uh, in your body. And carnivore at its core is trying to eliminate those as much as possible. Um, and what people are finding is as you start to eliminate those inflammatory foods, all of a sudden your body starts to figure it out and heal itself and you start to become alleviated from all these diseases that no doctor has told you could possibly be diet related. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of, of lamb, uh, being Croatian, we eat a lot of lamb and I, I spent some time out in Mongolia where we ate primarily horse meats and camel meats. Um, any thoughts on some of these exo uh, more exotic meats? Like when it comes to horse camel, uh, I've had alligator burgers here in Mexico. I'm, I'm down to try it all. Um, we don't typically see a huge range of that here in the States. Uh, you can, but then it's a lot more expensive. So I typically stick to beef. Um, I do like lamb. Uh, it is a little bit more expensive, but I will eat lamb, bison, all that. Uh, but no, there's not, not a whole lot of meats that are off limits. I'm, I'm down to, to try most. All right. We're going to jump real quick, uh, Jason, to our headlines. We'll be right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. Big news. Real big news. Here we go. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was released from the hospital today, according to military officials. The U.S. Department of Defense said in a statement that Mr. Austin will continue his recovery at home and work remotely. North Korea fired a suspected intermediate-range ballistic missile into the sea on Sunday, South Korea's military said. 
two months after the North claimed to have tested engines for a new harder-to-detect missile capable of striking distant U.S. targets in the region. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. We are talking to Jason from TheInnerCarnivore.com. You can subscribe to his podcast. Uh, he's got merchandise on his website, uh, a lot of resources, and his book uh, as well. And just... um. You know, in general, I find that meat, uh, you know, the other night I had a steak uh, out here in down here in Mexico, and it was pretty much just the steak, a, a nice cut uh, imported and with a little bit of um, uh, mashed potatoes. And, and, you know, just meat tastes so good, the the, the fat. Um, but you, you've got a cookbook if you want to just tell us a, a bit about um, your uh, cookbook. Yeah, so uh, the cookbook's skirts the line of, of carnivore a little bit. And I did that intentionally um, because when you first say carnivore to somebody, they immediately think, wait, you only eat meat. Like that, that's the only thing you ever eat, um, which is not, which is not true, right? So carnivore at its core is the focus on red meat, um, dairy products as allowed, like, uh, or as, as tolerated. So a lot of people have dairy issues. Um, if you tolerate dairy, eat dairy. Uh, and it's essentially the elimination of as many plants and processed foods as possible, right? So I, I still cook with a fair number of spices. So I did my cookbook based on that. Uh, there's a little bit of a keto aspect as well. So every once in a while, you'll see like maybe some peppers or, or some tomatoes, which are easily omitted if you have any issues with it. But the whole goal behind it was to show that you can still eat like fairly extravagant foods and still, you know, put some time into it and have fun with cooking even if you're prioritizing eating meat and it doesn't have to be this boring, you know, diet where I, you know, chop up ground beef every day and eat it out of a bowl. And, and that's my life. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, some days, cause down here in Mexico, food is relatively affordable well, compared to the Western world. And I, I can just call up and get a kilo of freshly grilled, high quality steaks for lunch. And, and I, I do kind of get tired of eating steaks daily. And so, you know, I will switch it up. Like you said, chicken, steak um and other stuff but any thoughts you know davos is meeting as we speak uh the world economic forum and i don't know how much you you follow that stuff but apparently they want to take away our meat um jason they've set up um uh you know bill gates th i mean this has been all out in the open it's no longer conspiracy theory the un last month has been pressing the u.s government to get the citizenry to consume less meat um you know, what are your thoughts uh, about that? I have a feeling, because I think in, in, if you look back in history, this was a tactic as well, because if, if the people um, eat less meat, they're generally weaker. I mean, any thoughts on some of these uh, programs? Uh, it's 100%. It's funny when you say it's diving away from your typical, you know, what you talk about on, on the show, but quite often people on the, f you know, far meat spectrum, um, people turn it political. Right. And they assume my political ideology based on the food that I eat. And that goes in line with the fact that, you know, people can call it a conspiracy theory, but, you know, right in line with what you're saying, you know, throughout history, what do you feed people to keep them under, you know, subjugated? You, you want to keep them alive, right? You, dead people don't do anybody good, um, but you want to keep them, you know, still a little sick and dependent. And if you remove our sources of meat, you essentially make us dependent on major food manufacturers. 
Um, nobody's out there growing their own food out of their garden, right? You're relying on on massive scale agriculture. And so, you know, a, a, a move away from meat is exactly that. You become more dependent on the government. And now, you know, then they bring in, well, if you want meat, well, we'll make it for you. Um, the Bill Gates stuff, we'll do lab created meat and it's just as good. But guess what? Only we can create it. So it, you can run down the rabbit hole as far as you want with that. Um, but it very much falls aligned with a lot of political views where just leave us alone and let us eat meat. And, you know, but they're going even a step further because not only is it like, let's take away the meat, but you're going to eat bugs. And I don't have a problem in general with people eating bugs. I've eaten, you know, here in parts of Mexico, it's, you know, you have uh, what do you call it? The, the, the crickets. I've had cricket pizza. I, you know, once in the blue moon, whatever, you know, I've got in my cupboard here, I bought just for fun the other day, they had worm salt. Uh, it's, so it's salt made with ground up worms with some spices, whatever. But now, you know, in Canada, they built a year or two ago, uh, an entire um, factory, uh, industrial, you know, uh, factory to churn out cricket, uh, crickets, like, because they're saying they want to replace the protein from meat with um uh, cricket uh, with bug protein and you know they're talking about all, all sorts of bugs worms now and fly larva uh there's businesses now here in mexico there's a beer company uh that just last year they've replaced part of the the malt or hops from the beer with uh cricket like it's nuts and so you, your thoughts on, on that you know going one further where they're like no you're gonna eat bugs I, I think it's all in the same line because now what they can tell you is hey it's okay like you're still getting your protein Right. But it's it's way, you know, more sustainable and it's you don't have to watch a cow die for it. Like it's just little crickets that we grow in a lab and it's the same amount of protein. But then you really dive into it and you realize, well, it's not as bioavailable. Right. My, the body cannot use it the same that it can beef. And so while it looks good on the surface, right, it, it's no different than um, when canola oil or Crisco first came out. I think Crisco was back in the 20s and, and canola oil became popular in the 60s. It's, hey, butter's bad for you because it's really high in, the, in these bad fats. Here's this manufactured product that we have that is better. And, you know, you guys are going to love it and it's going to be healthier for you. And then you look at the trends of since the 60s, the use of, you know, butter versus vegetable oils. And then you look at the trends of obesity and heart disease and diabetes and all that. And you see this correlation that, you know, people are, are trying to ignore on that front. And. You mentioned butter, and I'm assuming you're also big on that and and the dairy. Uh, I've I've spoken to the raw egg nationalist on my podcast. He, he was in Tucker Carlson's um, documentary. It's, there's a thing with the eggs and the butter. I mean, I just love. Um, I can buy here in Mexico. My favorite butter are the European butters, like from Ireland and France. Um, the high quality uh, stuff and and you know good milk and and, and eggs. And I think. That stuff is good for you. You know, when I used to work in a corporate environment for breakfast, I'd have organic bread with clean butter, and I'd be just throwing on slabs of butter. My coworkers, who are all indoctrinated, they're like, "You're gonna die of a heart attack. What are you doing with all that butter?" And I'm just smiling and piling on the butter. I'm like, "You guys don't have a clue." Your thoughts on, um, you know, the dairy aspect, butter, cheeses, milk, and all that stuff. Well, the the New York Times came out with an interesting article uh, earlier this year dating back to the 60s, where big food companies like Kellogg's um, paid off Harvard study, Harvard scientists um, to come up with a, a studies vilifying fat. 
um, and to shift it away from from sugar. And so, I mean, we've all grown up with that, right? Like fats, bad margarine. Like we grew up in the area of margarine. I can't believe it's not butter, um, which is just absolutely horrible for you. Like when you look at the the ingredients for it, and so, you know that that's part of it is we've all, you know, as you said, been indoctrinated into you know fat is bad, when in reality fat has you know some of the most nutrients you can get um, when it comes to animal products. In terms of dairy, uh, dairy is another one. They came out with, you know, raw dairy is bad for you. And now, you know, it's illegal to buy raw dairy in, in many states. Um, all of Canada, it's illegal for raw dairy to cross state lines. And you wonder why, you know, you look back at it and, you know, I think there's four deaths in the last 20 years from raw dairy. So it's like, what what's going on? And, and what happens is you pasteurize it the way they're doing it. Um, you're killing essential, you know, vitamins and nutrients and enzymes in it, which leads to having issues digesting it. Um, and then you go, you can go even further into A1 versus A2 proteins. Um, they've done studies where A2 proteins are what historically, you know, uh, proteins from cows were, and A2 is better digested by people who identify as lactose intolerant. Um, A1 is our current; it's what we've kind of selectively bred cows to be. And so all of that just goes in line is if you can get back to, you know, the source of kind of what we evolved on our diet, um, you're going to have a better chance and your body's going to react to it better. Yeah. And, you know, way back in the day when I was going down the health rabbit hole, you know, Weston Price, I'm a big fan of the work Weston Price does. I mean, he's, he was out looking at indigenous communities, how they have perfect teeth and they, they're just eating meat and, and dairy. I mean, I used to live in Mongolia um among the mongols in the yurts and they just consume it's it's a desolate place all they got is meat and dairy pretty much and uh you know th they're doing well um and then what about you know vegetarianism or veganism uh and i you know i don't mean you know if someone wants to eat vegetarian that, that's great i don't have any problem necessarily with that um for myself i find as you do that you know meat tastes better um and and it's i think it's good for my health and sometimes I, I doubt, I, I wonder about like vegans who they say they can, they can get everything that they need without meat. Um, any thoughts on that uh, vegetarianism and veganism? So there's two things like vegans are, are very much one or the other, right? They're either, it's not a diet, it's an ideology, which then, you know, you get on a whole rabbit hole of, um, the environment and, you know, whether it's morally correct. Um, vegan is a diet, like I have issues with it, but I think even people who do a healthy vegan diet is still better than your standard American diet. Like get rid of processed foods and you're already miles ahead of everybody else. Um, now, as you go further into it, you start seeing some holes in terms of, you know, like I said, the bioavailability of proteins, um, the amount of certain amino acids found in plants, the fact that you have to process almost everything that's, you know, made vegan. Uh, and then you you get to the issue of, you know, a big issue that we have with plants is the amount of chemicals that we spray on them. Like the the amount of, you know, just, just Google Roundup and, and glyphosate and all the lawsuits that they're going through right now, and then realize all of that stuff is, is sprayed with it. Um, they'll take grain after it's already been harvested, spray it with glyphosate to help remove more of the water to dry it out. And so, you know, all of that stuff that goes onto your food is going to inevitably get into our bodies. And you tack that on top of, you know, the fact that it doesn't quite have the, all the nutrients that we need, and you're going to start running into some health problems. Can you be healthy on a vegan diet? Absolutely. 
grand scale, is it, you know, what we should be doing? I don't think so. And and thoughts, just going back to meat for a second, as you mentioned earlier, and I've um, read that, again, if you're having good meat uh, sourced and prepared well, that it, can it heal? Like, can it help in, in uh, healing people of certain ailments? So if people don't like this because they'll say it's anecdotal evidence. Well, it's literally what everything is, right? It's a bunch of anecdotal evidence. Um, they'll also go back. There's no long-term studies on it. Well, nobody's going to pay for that. Uh, so in my experience, yes, right? I've seen, you know, people re reverse IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, years and years and years of IBS, um, years of metabolic conditions like skin conditions, psoriasis, bad acne, um, obviously the weight loss, people, type 2 diabetics getting off of insulin completely. So completely reversing type 2 diabetes. Um, the more extreme cases I've seen is rheumatoid arthritis in remission. Uh, the biggest case of that is Mikhail Peterson, Jordan Peterson's daughter. Uh, she is hardcore spectrum, right? She is what's considered lion diet, which is red meat, salt, and water. That's it. Um, she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis at the age of seven years old, right? She had uh, hip and ankle replaced at the age of 19. So she's like extreme, extreme. Um, and she's been able to completely live a normal life. She just had a baby a couple of weeks ago, uh, probably about a month ago now. And so you, you see examples of that, like she was severely depressed. Um, lots of people severely depressed, being able to overcome it, eating disorders. So, you know, people will ask for the study. No, there's not a whole lot of studies that say, yes, meat is going to heal this. But after you talk to enough people and you see the conditions that that they're reversing by switching to this type of diet, uh, it, it's hard to ignore at some point. Yeah, sorry for the vegetarians and vegans out there. I just when I uh, <laughs> order order a nice big fat juicy steak or a hamburger, I it makes me happy. Really, it's a simple thing in life, but it just it tastes good. Uh, and so it's time for our break, Jason. Again, the website, theinnercarnivore.com. Check out the podcast, um, the book, um, and, and everything else that's uh, on the website. You can still send in your, any questions you might have. We'll be right back. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future, with nutritious food to eat. A chance to learn, to get an education, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more, so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Gracias. Gracias. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. I'm Cal Fire Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez, and normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, 
Remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Time is flying. It's our final segment here with Jason from the innercarnivore.com talking all things uh, meat. Check out again his podcast, his cookbook. Uh, he's got merch. And um, by the way, tell us briefly about your, your podcast. Um, I see what you're doing there. It's, uh, it looks uh, very good. Yeah. So uh, it, it was basically, you know, once I kind of got into, you know, carnivore and started realizing all of these ridiculous stories, like just amazing transformations that people were having, uh, I decided, you know, I want to try and get it out there. Um, I want you know try and bring on any number of people from you know people who were vegan for years and years and years on thyroid medication, uh, who got off of it. You know people who were bedridden, you know practically on death's door, um, and got off it. And the one thing they had in common was you know some type of carnivore, low carb, keto type diet. And it, it basically was just a way for me to sit down and talk to a bunch of people. Um, and then you know I started producing it, and you know it's kind of it's really taken off. Yeah, and that's kind of what what I'm what I've been um, the motivation for me as well, <laughs> being able to talk to people from all over the world and all sorts of different subjects, uh, like yourself. And um, you know, what about the the phys you know physical fitness aspect? That's something uh, as well. You are physically fit, um, you know, doing fitness training, and I think this is important as well. So we've got diet uh, number one, trying to avoid, as you mentioned earlier, all these different toxins, pesticides. Uh, and then I think uh, important key is, is being physically fit, uh, you know, however people do it. And so any thoughts on fitness and, and, uh, tips or, or, or key, you know, philosophical aspects that, that people can apply. Uh, it, it's really a diet that, that simplifies things, right. And I, I call it a diet, but you know, for the majority of people, it's just a way that they eat now because they feel so much better. Right. And what makes it easy is most people, there's a bunch of people that started for weight loss. Right. But most people are like, I just want to feel better. That's why I started it. You know, I had, I had probably 20 pounds to lose, but I just wanted to feel better. And what happens is as you start to feel better, your body starts to regulate itself and it starts to tell you when it's hungry and it starts to tell you when it's full. Uh, and that's a huge thing for people uh, because we're told you have to count calories, right? Move more, eat less, move more, eat less, keep your calories, you know, in below what your calories out and you'll lose weight. Sounds super simple. Um, this, what people find is your body now tells you that, right? I, I can say, oh, I love steak. Like I'll eat steak till the day I die and I'll eat it every single day. But there's a point, no matter how much steak that I have, that I get to the point and I eat one more bite and I go, no, I'm full. I'm good. And it doesn't matter if there's, you know, four bites left or half of it left. Like my body's just like, no, we're good. And I have no desire to eat the rest of it. 
And I go back to what I was eating before. And, you know, if I have a little bit of pasta left, yeah, I can finish that. Like we're good. You know, I have a little bit of potatoes left. I, I can finish that. And so it, you start to realize that your body wants to be healthy, right? Your body doesn't want to be overweight. It doesn't want to be carrying around 40 extra pounds. Um, it doesn't want to have to go through all these metabolic sicknesses. And so when you eat stuff that, you know, is a species appropriate diet, your body tells you, Hey, I feel good. That's awesome. Let's keep doing that. And then you eat something that you're not supposed to. And it goes, wait, maybe not that. Right. And then when it, your body's full and it doesn't need more food, it tells you it's done and you stop eating. And so people find that they all of a sudden are eating less and eating more controlled portions because their body is just intuitively telling them that that's enough and they don't need any more. And, and I think maybe you touch on this idea of intermittent fasting. I'm a big fan of that. I learned it through like Dr. Mercola and many other folks. I've had Dr. Mark Circus on. He's down in Brazil who does great work. And um, I've just naturally found when I eat, you know, butter, um, meat, I just tend to skip a meal now. I, I eat basically like once or twice a day and it wasn't necessarily conscious decision is just I'm not hungry. And I, I learned this in Mongolia because it's very cold in Mongolia. They eat a lot of the just the pure fat. Um, I, I've got photos where I hang out with Mongolians and they got a ch big chunk of meat and it's all like the white pure fat. And that stuff gives you energy. Uh, they would tell me th uh, through the cold uh, weather and it makes you less hungry uh, over time. Any thoughts on uh, fasting? Uh, so I'm the, I'm the same way, right? I was always a guy that you know, I'm a product of the bodybuilding bro science diets, right? Eat every four hours, have protein, carbs. And I, I fell into intermittent fasting as well because I just wasn't hungry, right? And so I'll eat two meals a day now. I used to be a four to five meal. And what you find is that the term is satiating and that fat becomes satiating. You don't feel like you need, right? I can eat, you know, how many Oreos can you eat in one sitting? Like I could, I could kill a box, Right. You put a bunch of fat and protein down there and you get to a point where you're like, man, I just I can't eat anymore. My body's saying I don't need it. And then eventually you become, you know, what's called fat adapted and you start using that dietary fat for fuel and it replaces your need for dietary carbs. And that's, that's where you just get that, you know, I can go most of the day without having to eat. I eat, I get my energy again and I'm just, you know, I end up in that intermittent fasting, not even intentionally. Yeah, it's very health, uh, healthy for people to do. And I, I saw one of the topics on one of your podcasts was um, cold plunges. And I, I regret because I lived in Kazakhstan, came back in 2020. And they have the annual for the Orthodox because uh, for the Orthodox Russians out there, they do a cold plunge every year. And, and, and one of the Kazakhs was saying, Hey, let's go, you can do it with me. And I chicken out. And now I, I look I look back and regret I wish I had done it. Um, but you've got people like Wim Hof. I've looked at his stuff, which is fascinating. Uh, uh, do you have any, do you do any cold plunges or any thoughts on that? Um, cold plunges is hard for me. Uh, I have to figure out without spending copious amounts of money. I live in Arizona, right? Like I, it's hot all the time. Um, the cost of keeping a cold plunge would be astronomical. So I don't, um, I hate cold showers. I, I spent a lot of time in college, college athletics doing the, the hot and ice bath back and forth. So I have experience. Um, I do feel like there's some benefit there, but until I get a full on cold plunge setup, um, not something that I do regularly currently. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, tough, and I mean that's a good point. It was easy for me to 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 do in uh, places like Kazakhstan or Mongolia, where it's naturally like minus thirty, minus forty. But <laughs> I, even, even here in Mexico now, I, I'd have to think how would I be able to do that here in Mexico? Uh, we are four minutes to midnight. You know, any other thoughts uh, when it comes to anything I haven't brought up that's important for people when it comes to trying to stay healthy? Uh, in the crazy times that we're living in with everything that's going on, potential world wars, economic collapses, global uh, elites, and any other um, uh, thoughts? Uh, I, I think people just need to try and look at where their food comes from and how it's made, right? If you can, first step, you don't have to go full carnivore, right? Just get rid of processed foods. Like, go take a look at how your processed food's made. Go like, take a look at how your seed oils are made, um, the hazardous byproducts that are a result of that process. And start asking yourself, is that what's really going to make me healthy? Like, I'm watching it being made. If I put that in my body, is that really going to be the best outcome? And then I think people will start to, to lean one way or the other. And then as you start eating it, just see how you feel. And if you feel good, keep going. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's, the, it's the new year. Uh, and a lot of people have new year resolutions. Uh, and a lot of them are related to exercise uh any thoughts on you know maybe people who are, are just easing into it or restarting or wanting to when, when it comes to getting physically fit uh, you know I, I i like uh if i'm not mistaken this was part of bruce lee's method where he used his own body uh and you don't even have to go to a gym you can just get some weights uh, you know do push-ups pull-ups all this sort of stuff um any thoughts on um becoming physically fit you would be surprised how far diet can take you without ever having go to go to the gym. Now take one step further and go to the gym, right? That's going to be beneficial. Um, but so many people have lost so much weight and gotten healthy without ever exercising. And then they start feeling better and they go, maybe I should exercise too. And then they tack it on. And then that's when the results. So first fix your diet, start feeling better. And then once you feel better, you'll want to move more that uh, that is uh yeah you get two for one almost and and any shopping tips uh because as you said try to source as much food locally maybe even grow your own uh although it, in the big box stores it seems like it's getting harder and harder to get clean food because i i, I just look at the ingredient list and just it, get, it keeps getting longer with all sorts of garbage they throw in there now they switch from gmo to bioengineered so they're trying to head fake us but um any any shopping uh tips uh, perfection is the enemy of good, right? So if you go into a store and you can't afford grass fed, organic grass finished, pasture raised, all this, that's okay. Like do the best you can opt for as few ingredients as possible. Ideally, everything you buy has one single ingredient, right? You flip it over and there's only it's beef or there's no nutrition label. It's just fruit. Um, that would be the place to start. Try to do as few ingredients as possible and then buy the best quality you can that that you can afford. As Teddy Roosevelt used to say, do what you can with what you got, uh, where you're at. Uh, all right, we're one minute to midnight. I, tell us again where people can find you, all your different projects. Uh, TheInnerCarnivore.com is the website. I'm on all the social media platforms as CarnivoreJT. On Twitter, there is an underscore carnivore underscore JT. Uh, try to post as, as much informative stuff as possible, recipe videos, food videos, um, and the occasional swipe at a vegan. All right, well, keep up the great work. I'm going to have to get one of those t-shirts, only meats to, to irritate some of my 
some of my friends. <laughs> thanks, thanks for being on, on D&D, Jason. I appreciate you having me.